Hello, I'm Daryl Root. Welcome to News Folder 19. Today's topics include teenage fight results in homicide, a ridiculous cockroach study, who's buying up farmland, high income earners put off health care, and more. But first, please visit CampRidger.net. Camp Ridger is the sponsor of the show, and they make great-tasting seasonings. Be it steak, chicken, or seafood, there is a seasoning that will enhance the flavor, not bury it. In addition, if you'd like to be a sponsor of this show, a low price of $25 will get you a month's worth of sponsorship mentions on air and online. Just use the contact page at newsfolder19.com and let me know. With that, let's get right into the stories. News story number one. What's wrong with kids in America today? Well... If you're from Las Vegas, the answer is this. Eight high school students in Las Vegas, all between the ages of 13 and 17 inclusive, have been arrested on suspicion of murder in the fatal beating of a 17-year-old classmate. Las Vegas Police Lieutenant Jason Johansson said investigators are still working to identify two more students believed to have participated in the November 1 fight that left the victim, Jonathan Lewis, in the hospital with severe head trauma. He died a week after his injuries. The coroner's office in Las Vegas ruled the beating a homicide. What was so important that a mob of teenagers would beat up a single individual, you may ask? Well, according to the officer, it started over a pair of wireless headphones and a vape pen. Seriously? If you're going to beat someone to death, at least make it understandable. Like having had your car torched or something serious, not headphones and a vape pen. Johansson said the local FBI office assisted with the arrest of the eight students. The two outstanding students will also face murder charges. Las Vegas Undersheriff Andrew Walsh called the video of the attack, which he had circulated on social media, which was circulated on social media, extremely disturbing. You think? Authorities did not name the suspects because they are juveniles, and even if they did, I would not repeat those names here. I will not participate in giving thugs their 15 minutes of fame. Johansson said he and his team are working with the local district attorney's office to determine if they will be charged with murder as adults. Each case has its own merits, but generally speaking, in my opinion... Anyone 16 years or older should be tried as an adult. Why? Well, in this case, the fight had been prearranged after the headphones and vape pen were stolen from the victim's friend. So I'm assuming this was some kind of a one-on-one incident fight that got out of hand. I don't know. The article didn't go on to really explain that part. After the fight, a good Samaritan in the area found the victim badly beaten and unconscious in the alleyway and carried him back to campus where school staff called 911. 
So I'm also assuming the Good Samaritan had no cell phone at hand, so that's why he just didn't call 911 himself. So, yeah, what's wrong with kids today? Beating people up over a vape pen. I mean, seriously? Story number two. How much money would it take for you to allow a pest control company to infest your home with 100 cockroaches? Yeah, you heard that right. Well, one company based in North Carolina is offering one lucky homeowner, (laughs) boy, that's an oxymoron, $2,500 to release cockroaches in their home. And you can apply. The company called the Pest Informer announced they are seeking one household to allow technicians to unleash about a hundred American cockroaches into their house to evaluate the effectiveness of a specific pest control technique. What makes this even creepier, you may ask? If selected, you must reside in your home for approximately 30 days. Participation in the study requires allowing the company to film in your home for those same 30 days, which eliminates me. Nobody's filming inside my home. We already have enough privacy violations. We don't need more. Homeowners are not allowed to use other pest control methods per the company's policy. However, the company assures in their post that they will resort to traditional cockroach treatment options if the new technique fails to eliminate the infestation within 30 days. And of course, if they miss two or three, your house is now under constant threat. 2,500 bucks? Nah, not even for 25,000. No, thank you very much. To qualify for the study, you need to be 21 years of age or older. You must either be the homeowner or have written approval from the homeowner. You must reside in the continental U.S. and interested residents have until December 31st to complete a form to be considered. Why are cockroaches so hard to kill? Well, here are some data. Cockroaches possess exoskeletons that are robust and pliable, making them hard to squash. They are also capable of compressing their bodies to fit in the narrowest of crevices, allowing for easy escape. They can move at a speed of 3 miles per hour, which is equivalent to 50 of their body lengths per second. That's equal to a human being running the length of a football field in one second. They can also breathe through their bodies, which means they don't need their heads for breathing. (laughs) Oh, gee, man. Without a head, they can survive for up to a week when they most likely die from dehydration as they can survive without food for up to a month. So, yeah, you want your house infested? There you go, people. New story number three. This is out of Helsinki. Finland will close four of the nine crossing points on its border with Russia on Saturday, which was a couple days ago, to stem a flow of asylum seekers to the Nordic nation, stated Prime Minister Pateri Orpo. Neighboring Norway, which shares a border with Russia in the Arctic, is also ready to close its border at short notice if necessary. 
Uh, that got me into thinking, what are the chances they could come here and close our borders? Or at least do a better job than we do. Finland president said a rise in the number of asylum applicants arriving on the eastern border appeared to be Russian revenge for Finland's defense cooperation with the United States, an assertion dismissed by Moscow. For the record, Finland shares an 833-mile border with Russia that also serves as the EU's external border. The four crossings, all in southeastern Finland, are normally the busiest points of travel between the two countries. On the other hand, Finland's ombudsman, Kristina Stenman, said Helsinki still had a duty under international treaties and EU law to allow asylum seekers to file applications. If a person comes to a border station and says they are seeking international protection, the application needs to be received, she stated. Dozens of asylum seekers from countries such as Iraq, Yemen, Somalia, and Syria have arrived each day this week via Russia, according to Finland's border guards, after fewer than one per day on average earlier in the autumn. The accumulated number of arrivals since September stands at 280, a mere fraction of what's happening here. Asylum seekers arriving via Russia will only be allowed to hand in their applications at two northern border crossings. Some 3,000 people use Finland's southeastern border crossings on a daily basis. Hence, the closures will make everyday life a little more difficult for people who are allowed to travel between Finland and Russia. Finland also made it clear it would reserve recourse if the asylum, or reverse recourse, if the asylum arrivals ended. So, at least Finland tries to do something when there are border crossing issues. Not so here in the U.S. If it was up to me, we'd have a policy of you know what first, ask questions later. And not just for border patrol. Illegal crossings would stop almost instantly in that fashion. Come through the authorized gateways or go back in a bag. That would kind of be my policy. You can come if you want, but the rules you need to follow in order to get here. That's my opinion. Well, that's time for a short promo. See you in about 40 seconds. Only 15% of podcasters will ever earn a single penny in profit. Yet more continue to record for one reason. They enjoy informing and entertaining. If you'd like to support this show, visit newsfolder19.com and click on the Buy Me a Coffee or Merchandise links. All donations are greatly appreciated. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to News Folder 19. Quick shout out to Danheim who does the music for the show and also to Susan Kennedy, the new voiceover artist for the show. Don't forget my ebook, The Independent Libertarian, is still available at shop.newsfolder19.com slash digital. 
Though that location may change in the future, I'm not sure. Other merchandise is available at CafePress.com, news folder 19. With that said, let's get into news story number four. Investment funds have become busy buyers of U.S. farmland, amassing over a million acres as they seek a hedge against inflation and aim to benefit from the growing global demand for food. The trend worries some U.S. lawmakers who fear corporate interest will make agricultural land unaffordable for the next generation of farmers. I have three words for lawmakers. Two damn late. Corporate farms have already taken over for all intents and purposes. These lawmakers are floating a bill in Congress that would impose restrictions on the industry's purchases. So just how bad are these purchases from investment companies? Some of this I covered in a previous podcast. First, Their acreage is a small slice of the nearly 900 million acres of U.S. farmland. However, the number of properties owned by such firms increased 231% between 08 and 23, and the value of these holdings rose more than 800% to about $16.2 billion. Investment firm acquisitions are also outpacing farmland purchases by foreign entities, which is what I had covered in a previous podcast. Lawmakers debated this year whether to curtail foreign farmland ownership, concerned that adversaries might buy land to exert political influence. The number of acres owned by foreign entities increased 64% to about 41 million acres between 2010 and 2021. However, the overwhelming majority of that is owned by five friendly nations, two of which are Canada and Italy. China owned less than one half of 1% of foreign owned farmlands. A drop in a bucket. A Reuters review of company websites, sustainability reports, annual reports, federal filings, and interviews with executives found that together they own less than 1.6 million acres. Out of 900 million, hardly a threat. That's less than two-tenths of 1%. There is one major fear from this should it get out of hand. When investors enter the farmland market, it can push up the price of land, establishing a new bottom price. With the average age of farmers on the rise, high land costs are a hurdle for young and beginning farmers. Quote, if the next generation isn't enticed to come back to the farm, then who's going to own that land? Unquote was a statement made by somebody whose name I did not get. For the record, the average price of an acre of cropland reached a record $5,460 in 2023, according to the USDA, up from $2,700 in 2010, so basically double. It's been driven by high commodity prices, strong demand, and other factors. About 60% of U.S. farmland is farmer-owned and operated, with the rest owned by non-farmer operators, including individuals, trusts, and corporations. 
a bill introduced in July by Senator Cory Booker, who is from New Jersey, which doesn't seem like farm country to me, would limit investment fund purchases and leases of farmland and ban large corporate investors from using USDA farm programs. So there's a thought too. So there's something for the farmers to dwell on. And last but not least, news story number five. High-income Americans are almost as likely to defer health care because of cost as people with low or average incomes in eight other developed nations. The survey findings also show that nearly half of American adults, 46%, faced a problem with a medical bill in the last year, and the same percentage skipped or delayed needed care because of the price, the highest rate in any of nine countries analyzed. 46% of high earners faced a problem with a medical bill. This means that more than 46% had a medical bill, problem or no problem. Could there be any more proof that we are a nation of lazy, fat, lard asses who are completely out of shape? Now, I'm far from being athletic, but I've had exactly three medical bills in the last 10 years, maybe five in the last 20. What are you people doing to yourselves? Well, I know the answer. For many of you, you're allowing yourselves to be conned by Big Pharma to think that every little ailment needs drugs and a doctor's attention. Trust me, they don't. I'm a living example. Quote, In some cases, lower-income people in other countries are better off than higher-income Americans. Unquote. According to Manira Gunja, lead author of the study and senior researcher at the Commonwealth Fund. Well, yeah, because they don't sit in their ass all day eating Cheetos and washing them down with Mountain Dew from dawn till dusk. That's why. The U.S. fared poorly on accessibility metrics in general, but most surprising is how even high-income Americans are disadvantaged by the health care prices relative to other nations. Almost one-third of high-income Americans said they skipped or delayed care, such as filing a prescription or undergoing a test because of a cost-related problem in the last year. Well, here's a novel idea, you high-income earners. Quit buying McMansions. Quit buying cars and trucks that cost 80000 bucks. Quit putting a TV in every kid's room. Quit giving kids smartphones they don't need. Quit, quit, quit. Save your money for emergencies. But no, we don't have a brain. We have become pathetic at all income levels. Not using this to accuse all of you, but there are way too many of you who simply don't know how to manage money no matter how much of it you have. While all nations surveyed had disparities in health care access between income levels, those disparities were most pronounced in the U.S. Of course, the powers that be blame lack of guaranteed universal health coverage for every citizen. But Let us not jump on the bandwagon of socialism. Over 92% of Americans have health insurance. This is a historic high. 
If well-to-do Americans have a problem with 92% being covered, it's not a medical problem, it's a stupid problem. Need proof? One ass clown stated, quote, having coverage is not enough. Even if you have health insurance, you may be terrified of actually using it. You may be terrified of going to the doctor and ending up with a medical bill you never expected in the mail. Unquote. Yes, America's getting stupid. If you've got coverage, use the damn stuff. Come on, get a brain. With that, I'm going to call it another podcast. At this point, I am not planning one for next week after Thanksgiving because I will be busy doing all the Thanksgiving stuff. So, till next time, you know the mantra. Question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to News Folder 19. All rights are reserved and unauthorized use is prohibited. However, you may share the podcast links. Till next time, have a great day.